The rest of this parak discusses the laws of a na'ar, which refers to fraud. And in the case of a serious fraud, the entire sale becomes invalid. On the other hand, in a case of a less serious fraud, the sale is valid. However, the one who was tricked and lost out by the fraud, he is able to, if he is the seller, then he can demand that the buyer will pay him the difference, will pay him a bit more. And if he is the buyer, then he can demand part of the money back. So those are the two levels of a no'ah which there are. So the Mishnah says, kesef, the amount of a no'ah to be considered the less serious type of a no'ah, for which the sale is valid, but the money can be returned or some more money needs to be given. That is, arba kesef, four silver mo'is. When there are 24 silver mois to a seller. So that's 4 out of 24, which is Shusus Lamekach. It's a sixth of the price of the item which was sold. So if, for example, the, the item was worth 24 silver mois and he sold it for 20 or for 28 silver mois. So the difference, the amount of money which was given extra or given less is 4 out of 24. It's a sixth of the price. Now the truth is, the conclusion of the Gemara is that even if it would be a sixth of the amount which was paid, which is not its real price, then the same would apply. For example, if let's say it was really worth 28, and the buyer paid 24, or if it was really worth 20, and the buyer paid 24. So in this real real example, what's a sixth of 20? It's less than four. So if the buyer paid 24, he's actually paying, he's, the amount that he's paying extra is even more than a sixth. However, since the amount that he's paying extra is a sixth of the amount that he's paying, four is a sixth of 24. So in that case as well, the same law would apply. And in such a case, the sale is valid. However, the person who was put at disadvantage over here is able to claim some of the money back if it's the buyer. And if it's the seller, then he can make the buyer pay him the extra money. Now, if the size of the fraud is more than a sixth, then the entire sale is invalid. It's considered to be a mekartos. It's a sale which is based on misinformation that if the person who has put a disadvantage over here would have known, he wouldn't have sold it. Now, what happens if it is less than a sixth? The size of the fraud is less than a sixth of the value. So then not only is the sale valid, but the person who has put a disadvantage cannot claim to change the sale details. He can't claim the extra money or the money which was paid less. There is a discussion as to whether this is permitted ideally. However, once it has been done, the sale and none of the money can be claimed and it is all valid as has been done. Asks the Mishnah, until what point is it permitted to return the money or the item? If it's a less serious a not then it's a matter of changing the money. If it's a more serious a not it's a matter of changing and invalidating the entire sale. So um, what, um, until what point is that person, is the victim of the a not able to do so? Can he come back a month after the sale took place and say, I want to invalidate the sale? Of course not. The Mishnah says that He has the amount of time that it takes to show a merchant or his relative the item which he bought and to ask them and find out what its real worth is. And then he'll find out how much he was overcharged. If that amount of time has passed and he hasn't claimed the item yet, so we view that as him relinquishing his claim of the item. Excuse me, not the item, relinquishing the claim of the fraud. And so it's considered to be that he has validated the sale. 
If not, then you should have claimed the fraud immediately as soon as you found out about it. This is talking about a situation where the buyer was overcharged. What happens if the seller wasn't paid enough and he was the victim of the Aina'ah? So the mission doesn't tell us, but he has a lot more time because he doesn't have the item itself that he can just show it to somebody who knows the value of it and find out how much the fraud was. He needs enough time to go and buy a similar item and then show that similar item to somebody else and work it out based on that. And because of that, we don't limit the buyer, the the seller in that same way. So he would be able to claim the fraud even at a much later date. All right, now, according to the Tanakama, as we mentioned in the beginning of this Mishnah, the size of the fraud, which separates between a serious fraud and a less serious fraud, and a fraud which is totally permitted even, is a sixth. We said that if the size of the fraud is less than a sixth, then no one can claim the fraud. Everything is totally valid. If it's exactly a sixth, then... The sale is valid, but the victim of the fraud can claim the money, as we explained, and if the size of the fraud is more than the sixth, then the entire sale would be invalid. Hero Bitarifan Belud, Ritarifan taught a different law in Lud, and he said that the size of the Oinoa is eight silver mois to the seller, which is Shlishla Mekach. Eight out of 24 is a third of the price. And when the merchants in that area heard about it, the Somhutagari Lud, the merchants of Lud, rejoiced. Now they would be able to overcharge their buyers a larger amount, up to a third of the price. However, as they were rejoicing, Omar Lahem and Ritaifrin said to them, I also argue on the Tanakama of this Mishnah on a different point, because I hold that it is permitted to return the item or the money and to invalidate the sale if you are the victim of the Ainu'ah the entire day, which is longer than the amount of time that it takes to show somebody who knows the value of the item. Omrulai. The merchants of Lud said to Rabbi Tarifin, you know what, Rabbi Tarifin can leave us where we are in our place. And they went back to follow the opinion of the Chachomim, because the fact that Rabbi Tarifin said that the buyer can claim the fraud the entire day would mean that these merchants would never get away with the fraud. So it could be that they would be able to overcharge the item even more, but they would always end up getting the sale invalidated and therefore they wouldn't gain anything, and so they preferred to follow the opinion of the Chachomim. Whether the victim of the Oinoa is the buyer, or if it's the seller, Yeshlem Oinoa, they have a claim of fraud and they would be able to invalidate the sale or if it's exactly a sixth, to claim the money, as we explained. And this is learnt from the Pasuk, which says explicitly, If you will sell something to your friend, or you'll buy it from your friend. Don't take advantage of each other. The prohibition applies to both of them. In addition, just like a regular person has a claim of a so too a merchant has a claim of a even though a merchant is not a regular seller, but he is an expert in prices of different items. So I very much would have thought that if he is the victim of a not-ah, then it must be that he knew about this at the time of the sale and that he relinquished his claim and that he knew that he was being taken advantage of, but he wanted it because he's an expert on all of the prices. So he must have known. Says the mission that's not true. And even a merchant has a claim of a not-ah, as long as he makes that claim, of course, within the time given to him. On the other hand, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, 
a merchant does not have a claim of a na'ar, and the Gemara explains that Rabbi Huda is actually referring to a slightly different case where this merchant is somebody who bought something from someone and immediately sold it on to somebody else. He's sort of the person who is tr- basically transferring it from uh, one person to the other. Just in order to do that, he buys it and then sells it on to the next person. So if he buys it for a particular price and then he sells it on to the next person for a smaller price, in such a case, he certainly cannot make a claim of a knob because he knows exactly what the price is. And the fact that he gave it on to the next person for less than that price shows that he knows about it and nevertheless he wants to do so. And he is relinquishing his right of claiming a knob. Alright, ends off the Mishnah. Mishut of the one who is the victim of the Ayna'ah, he has the upper hand in deciding how to make his claim. For, meaning, what does that mean? Says the Mishnah, Ratzah, if he wanted to, he can say to the other party, Tenim Oisai, give me my money. So that means if it was the buyer who was the victim, so he can demand all of his money back. Oh, all they can claim, give me the amount of money which was the size of the fraud. Now, this part of the mission is not like we explained until now that if it's exactly a sixth, then the money is returned. If it is more than a sixth, then the entire sale is invalid. This mission implies that the person who was taken advantage of can choose and that it doesn't necessarily depend on the size of the fraud. All right, mission hey. How much can the can a coin of a seller be lacking, be missing because of the amount that it has been used and worn out? And it wouldn't be considered a to use such a coin. It wouldn't be considered paying less than the value of the item. So Mayor Mayor says, "Our boy Sorin for Isar." So again, the coin is a seller coin. So if out of that seller, four isar are lacking, and that is equivalent to isar la dinar, an isar to a dinar, because there are four dinar in one seller. A seller is four times the value of a dinar. So if so, four isar to one seller is the same as four isar to four dinar, and therefore isar la dinar. It's the same as one isar to one dinar. Now, one isar to one dinar is the same as one twenty-fourth, because there are twenty-four isar in one dinar. So anything up to that amount would be considered okay, and you can still view that coin as being a seller coin and not take account of the part of the coin which is missing. But once there is a 24th of the coin missing, then it would be considered a na'ar to give such a coin. Rabbi Yehuda says, It is four pundiyoin to the seller, which is equivalent to pundiyoin la dinar. A pundiyoin to a dinar, pundiyoin is the same as two isar. So the Tanakama said that the amount missing would be an isar to a dinar, a 24th. Rabbi Yehuda says it's a pundiyon to a dinar, which is 1/12th. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Shimona pundiyonis. It is 8 pundiyon to a seller, which is shnei pundiyonis a dinar. 2 pundiyon per a dinar, which is a sixth. There are 12 pundiyon, which is the same as 24 isar in a dinar. And therefore, 2 pundiyon, which is the same as 4 isar out of a dinar, is 4 out of 24, which is a sixth. So we just had three opinions of the amount which is considered to be a na'ar when it comes to coins. The third of those three opinions is Rabbi Shimon, who holds it, it's a sixth. So at least according to Rabbi Shimon, a na'ar of items and a na'ar when it comes to money is exactly the same thing. Just like when one is buying a item, the amount which would consider it to be a na'ar is a sixth, so too when it comes to money. There is an argument in the Gemara as to whether the first two opinions argue on everything we said in Mishnah Gimel. 
And they hold that a Na'ah is never a sixth, rather a Na'ah is a twelfth or a twenty-fourth. That's the size of the fraud which would give somebody a claim of a Na'ah. Alternatively, it's specifically with regards to money, where people are less particular if the money is lacking, and they still accept it as if it's a, a full seller. So specifically over there, the first two opinions our Mishnah argue, but they would agree that when it comes to buying an item, the size of the Na'ah would be a sixth. Mishnavov, with regards to a Na'ah of money, which we just discussed in the previous Mishnah, until when is he permitted to return the money? Meaning, until when can the, the victim of the Oino'ah make his claim? Bakrachim, in the large cities, he's got enough time, that it's the amount of time which would take to show the money to a money changer, who recognises the values of all of the different types of money. And that's not a very long time. And in the smaller villages where there aren't money changers available, at Arish Abbasois, he has until Erev Shabbos, Friday, to make his claim, because that's when they would travel from the villages to the larger cities to buy things for Shabbos. And then he would be able to go to a money changer to check how much this coin was worth, or he would try and spend that coin to buy food, and he would realise that people aren't accepting it, and then he would realise that the money is not worth enough, and that he is the victim of a no. Now, that having been said, says the Mishnah, if the person who gave this victim of Aino'a the money, the seller coin, if he recognizes that coin as being his, then, even if the seller who had received this coin from him claims the Aino'a after 12 months, even then, the buyer who had given him this seller should accept the claim from him, and maybe take it back and give him a real seller coin, or have the sale invalidated, because it is quite clear that he treated the other person unfairly. However, the the victim of the Ainar who is making this claim only has complaints on this person, and he can view the other person as looking as having done something unfair, but there's nothing he can do about it. It's true that he should agree and he should be nice and Accept your claim, however, there's nothing you can do to force him. Continues the mission, one is able to use such a seller coin for redeeming my sashani. My sashani is the tenth of one's produce, which he needs to separate and bring up to Yerushalayim, and instead of bringing up all of the produce to Yerushalayim, which would be very difficult to bring 10% of all of one's produce to bring it up to Yerushalayim is almost impossible. So what they would do is they would redeem it onto money and bring up the value up to Yerushalayim, and then when they reach Yerushalayim, they would use that money to buy new produce and eat that produce over there. So when one is redeeming the produce onto money, he has to redeem it onto the value of the produce. And the Mishnah says that when you're calculating the value of the produce and the money, even a seller coin which is slightly missing, and it's got a sixth missing, for example, as we have discussed, one can still look at that as a seller when it comes to redeeming Maishashani onto it. The Ein Chayshashani doesn't need to be concerned that this coin is not considered to be a complete real coin and therefore not be able to use it for redeeming Maishashani, because that's not the case. Rather, it is considered to be a proper coin. It's only considered to be a bad spirit who wouldn't accept this. And only a stingy person wouldn't accept this as a real seller. And although, at the end of the day, he has the right to do so, not to accept it when it comes to monetary law. However, when it comes to redeeming my sashani, since at the end of the day, most people would accept it as a seller, you can view it as a seller when you're redeeming your produce of my sashani onto that money.